0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 524. My guest today is an amazing one. It's Sasha Lane, and I've been a fan of Sasha for a minute. They've been in a lot of stuff I really enjoy. But before I get into any of that, this podcast was recorded before the strikes started in America, across the film and TV industry. Yeah, just want to make it very clear that Sasha myself all SAG registered actors fully support these strikes like the impact is massive it's already had an impact on my on my life but it's so important so yeah as you know I'm always up the workers up the unions up the strikers so yeah but anyway this we recorded this a few weeks ago and it was a really good chat and we talk about a little bit of kind of of political stuff as, sasha's l- latest tv show The Crowded Room is on Apple TV now and I've been adoring it Um, but another thing we talk about is how to blow up a pipeline, um, a film that came out this year which has just popped up on on Netflix and incidentally you know if the streamers don't come to suitable terms with the actors and the writers there's not going to be a lot of stuff like that, that phrase it's just popped up on Netflix is going to be a rare one in the future and I think You know, the general public need to be aware of that too. The amount of stuff we consume and is a key part of our our lives. I think we saw that in the pandemic. The arts were at some points seen as frivolous. And when we're in this global pandemic of a situation, they were so crucial to our day-to-day lives, to our mental health, to everything. But um, yeah, it's just popped up on Netflix. Um, I think The Miseducation of Cameron Post is up there as well, which is another film. I had Desiree Akhavan on to talk about that ages ago on this podcast, and I absolutely adored that film. So yeah, there's just loads of... Uh, Sasha's amazing, and they were so giving with their time. I will warn you, there were some sound issues, so the recording situations weren't ideal. Buddy Peace is the best podcast producer in the world. He's done his best to make it sound as beautiful as possible. With most of these things, even if it sounds jarring in the first three, four minutes, you know... You get five, six minutes in, and it's fine. So I hope that's all okay, and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, We're we're, we're brought to you as ever by speechdevelopmentrecords.com. That's where you can get all the merch. We've got our new hats over there that look amazing. They say we may not be for you, and that's fine on them. That is our slogan. It's the perfect thing to keep the sun out of your eyes this summer. We're also brought to you by patreon.com forward slash scrubiuspipyo. Or maybe it's just patreon.com forward slash scrubiuspip. And then twitch.tv forward slash Shrubius Pipio. So check all of them out. There's loads of good stuff going on. Um, In in fact, actually, I'll tell you now, I've got a big birthday event on my Twitch channel on August 3rd. And if you were into my music at all, here's a clue. If you were into my music at all, then this is an event you're going to have to put time aside for. It will start at 7 o'clock. And honestly, I've been preparing it. I've been working on it for a few months now. So it's going to be a really good thing. If you've no idea what Twitch is, just download the Twitch app or go to twitch.tv forward slash And yeah, you'll you'll find me there. August 3rd at 7pm. Take my word. You want to be there. Anyway, let's get into the podcast. This is an amazing chat. I'm so happy to have it. This is the wonderful Sasha Lane on the Distraction Pieces podcast. <coughs> this is the is the is the right i'm here today with sasha lane and you've just had a friend join you who's this homie homie great name perfect name you've got to love that how are you both today
1: oh, he's perfect i'm good i'm tired
0: but i'm good you're tired how's how's it all been going all all the promo and uh, and and doing all this part of the hustle
1: well, it's just kind of a bummer when it all has to be
0: like, virtual,
1: I think, for me. But um, you got to
0: do what you got to do. But I think it's well. You got to m- make it work. Have you got a lot of, of, of promo lined up for today or do you get to in- enjoy the day a little? I know you're only just starting the day over there. I'm building a
1: house, so I have ropes to do in between things. So I'll be
0: running around. Oh, wow. That's a lot. That's a lot to be doing. Building a house is no small thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we've got a decent chunk of time and there's there's loads I want to talk about because you've been hustling hard over the past f- few years. Um, but let's start with the crowded room because I'm loving it and I'm kind of curious as to how the project came to you and what I mean by that kind of, I've been watching it and I've been thoroughly enjoyed being absolutely confused at points and not knowing what is going on at all. So when you got the scripts, were you reading them blind or did you kind of know some of the twists and turns that we, were to come?
1: i uh- blind as well. I think I had only gotten maybe one episode and I think I begged two more at least to get a bigger gist. Yeah, And then I think I was like kind of reading the book that it's loosely based on as well and watching the doc, but not because I got the script. It was already happening. So it was like a little bit of like a okay, maybe I kind of get a gist of what's happening here, but I still was just as surprised as like anyone else
0: watching it as I was
1: reading and going along, you know, so definitely still the same kind of energy, which is a big
0: part of the reason why I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. And and it, it must be fun to get projects like that, right? That you can be burying yourself in loads of kind of content and information around it. As you say, it's, it's loosely based on a book, but it's also based on someone's life and just all sorts of different things. Is is that a fun part of it for, for you kind of going as well as work, I'm getting to just explore this, yeah, this fascinating area of, of of information.
1: Yeah, I love it. If I like I love reading, I love books in general. So me getting a script, obviously you're trying to visualize it on a big picture and with actual people involved, but it's just storytelling. So if I naturally think the script is super interesting and I can finish it within couple hours or whatever depending on how much they're giving me then I definitely that kind of translates to I want to be a, this character I want to be inside this world and I want to help create it so it's definitely really exciting
0: yeah it's it's a buzz when those when a script clicks I like that right when you're reading the dialogue and you know it's just going straight in I have that all the time like I know it's a good script when I'm having to do a self-tape or whatever and I've learned it within an hour and it's like no this is just this has gone straight into my head I know this character inside and out this is yeah it becomes a buzz then yeah Yeah, I love that so uh, it first presents itself as maybe some kind of and I'm I'm really careful not to give any spoilers I'm a big fan of things unfolding naturally so but it first presents itself as some kind of like activist group or cult types a scenario with your character Ariana being the mysterious kind of charming energy that seems to be driving things and I've, again I'm a big fan of 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 your career so far and you're great at playing kind of instantly intriguing characters like as soon as they're on the screen you're kind of curious what's your approach to getting those th- th- those kind of intriguing f- first impressions across I guess hmm. interesting I
1: guess I don't know if I have necessarily an approach to it I think it's Maybe how I'm um, thinking about it in terms of usually these characters have multiple layers to them, uh-huh. and even if it's not necessarily written, which thankfully, Ariana, it was written that way. I always try to like include all of those layers and all of the like, let's say, if you have like racing thoughts, and so we're having this conversation now, but you're also thinking like oh, she mentioned this and I need to go pick up this from the store. Oh, from my birthday's birthday is coming up. Like, I'm feeling a little anxious today. I'm a bit nervous today. I'm really happy about that I get to talk about this. Basically putting all of those thoughts and like feelings into one word. Mm. And every time that the camera is on you, showing all of those things, even if you're just saying like, I'm having a chill day. I guess just including all of those layers. So then I guess maybe it helps kind of. Make you pay attention a little bit more. It's like I don't think she sounds that chill. Yeah, her demeanor is very chill. She seems relaxed. She's not fidgeting, but at the
0: same time, like there's something not so chill. I love that. That's a that's a beautiful kind of approach as well. Because when people start acting or are acting, you can be so focused on right. How am I delivering this line? What does this scene mean? What does the content mean? What's the end goal? When in reality, in day to day life when we're talking, we're also thinking, oh, what am I going to have for dinner? Or what do I do next on building a house, for example? cunning. So there's there's so much else going on in our heads. As yeah, that makes perfect sense to have as much of that for your character as possible and still being in it, I guess. Yeah, and it, it
1: just, yeah, I guess adds to the entreatment the, the of it. So we're like, hey, there's always something a little bit not perfect, I guess. And, yeah. and that's what I like about people and life in general. And so I guess it comes
0: across, but just it. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fascinated by your, your kind of, what draws you to a project, I guess, because you've got and continue to have a really great m- mix of indie projects and big studio things. And this is, like, this is a big project. Like, this is, I, I assume Tom Holland insisted everyone refer to him as Spider-Man throughout this is obviously the his 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 first TV thing since getting such an iconic role so yeah that, how is it working on stuff like that when you know it's this it's a big apple show it's a big it's a big deal i guess
1: i guess like in terms of like it's a big deal I think you know in terms of like your agents or whatever being like oh this is huge and like, this isn't part of it this is who's producing this is whatever I think about it and I'm like ah no pressure but once you're in it and you're Filming, it's just as messy as any other projects. You know, it's just this stressful, it's just as exciting. Some days you are really, really excited for a scene and it feels like, wow, everything is this. It's this is such a moment. And other times you're kind of happy to be doing mundane things like just chilling in the corner. And it doesn't matter if it's, I guess for me, if it's a really huge project or if it's. In indie, because I'm doing it for a reason. There's very few things I've done, I think, just in terms of... I want to see what that experience is like. You know, let me put my feet in that. But most of the things I do are gut feeling. So regardless, I'm here because I want to be here. Because I felt like this is a proper project for me. And I wanted to try to put myself in the shoes of this character... So I guess I just don't think about that or else it's going to, you know, almost taint the experience or it, it's going to take away from why I do what I do. Like just imagine like leaving my kid being like, because it's just really huge. Yeah. And then what if it doesn't go well? Then you're just left like defeated because you only did something just because you thought it was going to be the biggest thing and you just never know the outcome. I want to... It's a really hard thing to do, to act and to be in this world. And so if i only do it for just being big then
0: i'm going to have a really miserable time yeah i completely agree and i think that kind of focus on what your priorities are is absolutely key and as as dumb as it sounds a film's release date is is one day it's the months you spend making it that's the kind of important bit i've got a, a record label as well and we've always um we celebrate a new album when we submit it to get pressed rather than when it comes out because it's like no this is the bit we've put the artwork together we put the music together this is the celebration by the time it comes out there'll be distractions of sales and chart numbers and views and things like that so yeah it's 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 about the experience of 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 creating these things right yeah
1: and then even for like press and stuff kind of in a similar fashion you know where people come up to me and they're you're talking about like reviews or or some people's confusion or whatever. I'm like, I made it. I've already done it. Yeah. I read the entire thing. I know everything that happens. You're only on episode six.
0: I know where it goes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like and of course you're confused and and yes, I'm sure people are I'm happy. They're excited, and some people don't like it or whatever. But like we've done it, and I know the work that we put into it, and like we felt good. The rest is like, not up to me. I just need to know that as long as I did my part, hopefully that I'm solid and I'm, I'm in Texas right now. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's just like <laughs> yeah. it's different. We've already done our parts and that's what I feel good about. Not like, Do you think
0: this is going to be a staple? I love it. I reveled in the confusion. I said there was a loads of points that, that that I was confused, but it wasn't that kind of annoying confusion. It was that, I, I want to know where this is. I want to know what's happening here and what and, and how this all unfolds. Um, I kind of want to ask you what's the balance between excitement and anxiety as a new project approach as that as that sh- that shoot date comes in because you get the buzz of you get the role and you're excited to be part of it, but then that start date gets closer and closer and you're looking at I'm a big one for scanning the call sheet and going. Oh shit, I love that person in this. Oh, oh, they were in that. This is amazing, kind of thing. So yeah, what's the balance for you of excitement and anxiety as it as it approaches?
1: Oh, I I think my anxiety definitely trumps my excitement more often than not. And you just start to be like, wait for shit. I don't know what if I can't do the work, these things are too hard, or I, I get you know, like I just get so much anxiety, but I am trying to get a little bit better and thankfully people around me kind of taking up my head and just go that's exciting. It's like you're, you're a new one. It's, you know, you always feel like this and then you go and then you're in it and you're like, you're right. Like I should just be happy and jump right into it. And also you have no idea what's going to happen when you get there at all yeah. in a general sense, but you just never know. Like, so it's just kind of useless, I guess, of
0: stressing myself out too much and really exhausting to be anxious. <laughs> Completely. I mean, people talk a lot about imposter syndrome these days and it often seems crazy to me again as someone who's who's seen you in so many things and thought you've 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 smashed it it seems crazy to think that anxiety would be there but equally I'm aware that you kind of came into this out of nowhere like you were kind of, of approached on the street as such and kind of straight into a a lead role so surely there can't be anything that's more pressure than your first role because not because not many people you know start off in a lead so surely you've done the insane bit right yeah
1: very yeah at this point I'm so overdoing the imposter syndrome thing and I guess comparing my career to others or even how I approach things to others because ultimately I go home to myself in terms of like, this is my life, and everything in my life is different than anyone else's life. And certainly, at this point, I would not be continuing to get work if I was complete shit, or if it was by chance. And there's no one in my family who's in this industry. Like, there's I'm here, and I'm still here, so I'm like, all right, you guys know what to choose. So you know, and it's not a race either. No. So. I think that's a really good thing. I only just read something someone said of like, properly like not a race in terms of at least how I feel about my career. Like I'm not yeah. trying to get to a certain point at a certain time as long as I keep enjoying it. And also my bills are paid. then like, I'm pretty
0: sorry. Yeah. And it is, it is one of those industries where every job you do, you learn more. For me, I feel every self tape I do, I learn more. And it's, it's mad. Like again, I come from m- music and in, in music I loved it all but I always did feel not mad about the idea of being like a 60 year old rapper or a 50 year old rapper but a 50 or 60 year old actor fuck imagine how much I will have learned imagine all the different things that will come along so I completely feel you on this industry in particular it's not a race and really the excitement is probably further down the line when you get more of these yeah you've you've, you've learned more and more and you know what you want from these roles and and these experiences
1: yeah,
0: and you
1: can kind
0: of take and
1: choose. I don't
0: know. But yeah, I think the learning part and just knowing that each time you do it, something is gained feel-wise and just emotional. And yeah, Well, if that's the case, you, you're gaining a lot. Because as I said, it feels like you're really busy at the moment. Um, and another thing I wanted to chat about was one of my favourite f- films of the year so far, How to Blow Up a Pipeline. And this is another role where it's kind of key for you to find that kind of mysteriously engaging character at the start? Because it's, it's another one where we kind of, we jump in and we don't really know who everyone is. We're just kind of there. And you've got to be, it feels like a lot of the characters you play are that person at the party that when you arrive, you go, oh, who's that? <laughs> kind of thing. You're like, like there's an intrigue. You're instantly like, I don't know that person, but who are they? Kind of thing. So how was that to work on? Because it's a film about activism. And I kind of want to know how you find playing a character like this I I I played a villain in this NBC sh- show called Debris and it was really interesting the reason I loved it was on paper he was a villain but the character was someone who felt that this new alien technology shouldn't be in the hand trusted in the hands of the American and British government and I kind of believe that in real life and not necessarily that you should be killing people but I also do believe that you know violent or aggressive activism shouldn't be the first choice but I'm not against it being on the table if necessary and I'm not going to ask you to comment on that I don't want you to to get in any trouble here but on on on, I personally believe violent uprisings are sometimes needed but you don't have to commit to that um but yeah it's really interesting on topics like this because it really felt like a film that the viewers will all see it in different ways depending on where your political stance is because it didn't feel like it pushed any. It kind of said, here's things that happen. I was there cheering everyone on. Others might be there going, oh, these bastards kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. how do you find projects are like that when it's such an important topic, I guess, that people do have strong opinions on? I love a
1: little, you know, disruption. Um, I love, I love when it's like, listen, if it was on the table, Or if you were physically in that moment in considering now that you have the story of each person's background and why they are choosing to do this, because think about it, it's a group of seven, eight people, Mm. and they all have different reasons for it. Completely different reasons. The only reason they are together is because this one grain gesture is a way to help solve that. So I love the kind of like, what if you were in their shoes? And also, like, being from Texas and being around, you know, there's a bunch of oil workers, there's a bunch of that. So you do a film like this and then you go to a bar and someone's like, why would you blow up a pipeline? Why would you do that? That's why, I, why would you, and I'm like, first off, I I just worked here. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> yeah. actually blow up a pipeline. Yeah. Second, it's, okay, it's 9.30, I'm trying to have a gin and tonic, like, But clearly, you're a little, you know, so I kind of, I just like, yeah, like ruffling up the feathers a little bit. It is super important there are really big topics, but also with that, yeah, it's kind of like, who knows what we're going to do with this one? That's kind of how we felt making it was like, we're going to see how this goes. But yeah, I think it's good to have art out there that isn't pushing something on someone. It's not forcing you to believe what we're believing. It's not even saying what this is 100% correct. Yeah.
2: It's
1: just like makes you think a little bit, you know, unless you actually are experiencing it or thinking a little bit deeper because you want to find change and all that. It's like, all right,
0: let's put it out there. I, I love that. And I love the kind of... <laughs> it is, I can genuinely imagine having to explain to people, oh, no, that w- I didn't actually do that. That's, you know, it's 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 a film. <laughs> You're allowed to have your opinion. It's all good. It felt like another one. And again, you have seem to have been in a fair f- few of these, but it felt like one that was a real ensemble piece. And you touched upon you all making it and not really knowing how this was going to go, how this was going to be. How are those the, those moments? C- because the film is about a, a, a gang of, of people who come together and really c- c- connect. And the reality is that's what you're doing as well. You are all being thrown together from different backgrounds, from different areas, and you're suddenly having to, to, to connect. Like, how do you find those things? I think the
1: thing that helps me and why even though they can be very it can be kind of frustrating, it can be scary, it can be exhausting when you're figuring it out when you go and whether or not you know the film's going to work or not. But if you think about it, that's how I started my career. My first film was nothing like how a normal movie is made at all. And it was so... Andrea had this way of just like accepting chaos and continuing to find the beauty in it. And everything was just such a whirlwind that I think it's like I almost went to like the bottom of the ocean or straight into the fire first. And so now these other projects, when that kind of is a similar style, I'm just like, but the ultimate thing is I, my gut told me to do it, you know? So I'm like, yeah. I'm just happy to be here and I might go vent out on the street and be like, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. Why am I doing this? I'm a crazy person. And then like, you know, the next hour is like, you're like, I love what we're doing guys. I hope it works. <laughs> You just got to go with it, you know, you just got to go with it because usually more often than not, like something really amazing comes out of it, even if
0: it's not what you thought it was going to be. Yeah, I love that. And there is something about indie films where it is you do more than ever. It feels like you're all in this together. Like this is everyone just we we, we all need to make this happen because there's not going to be a load of money that comes in to save this or do that. It's like, no, we need to get this today and so on and so forth. I'm, I'm curious as to how you find the sometimes intense but fleeting nature of connections in film and TV. Because you do have these things where you're thrown with these people in a really intense manner, particularly if the scenes are intense. But even if, if they're not, if you're out in kind of the, the, the desert together for months on end and things like that, it can get really intense. But then you do then move on to the next project. And it's not any falseness. It's a weird thing. Like, how do you... F- find that, the the being thrown into these intensely intimate relationships and then pulled out of them and, and put into the next one.
1: I used to really struggle with it, especially in the beginning, and, you know, depending on the project, because you, yeah, you're these, like, really intense bonds, especially if your role is to, like, that's your best friend or your... Yeah. You know, mine have always been, like, an unhealthy attachment or an attachment of, like, that person is almost my second half. Or, you know, a group of like, you know, the American Honey Kids, like all of that. It can be really hard jumping in and out of it. And then on the flip side, because I don't like forming attachments, because then it comes with a lot of emotion and and all of that. So sometimes I'll go into a project and I, unfortunately, but probably purposely, I'm like, these aren't going to be my real friends. I might actually form a friend or two, a good little hang. But in reality, unless there's something really like kismic with our relationship, like you're going to be the homie for a month or six months and we'll have to hang and laugh. But like, I'm not trying to do a bunch of past bonding. And we always going out to dinner with these people and always going to, you know, certain things because one, I'm a loner, And two, I don't like bullshit. I don't like uh, surface level friendships. You know, like it's, it's pointless to me. I have real friends and I'll call them up or I have people I can bet to. But if I happen to see you on the street because I'm walking along, you're like, hey, you want to go stop at this door? Or you go grab a coffee? Like, I'm cool with that, but I'm not going to pretend like these people are actually going to be my friends unless we genuinely form a friendship. Like I have with some. I've done it with Allison. I've had Riley, Forrest. Like those are proper friends to me that i formed over the course of filming and stuff, but other people, it's like, you know, we're cool. But like I'm gonna live in LA. Yeah. You know, and I think it's yeah. just one thing of not I, I yeah, I just don't like to like bullshit and fake a friendship. So my honest answer is like me having to sometimes just be like the reality is I'm not gonna tell you shit about my family life. Why would I? I will not see you again. We're at a party. You know, like, let's be good energy, good spirits, all of that. We're here to make a film. Love that. We'll
0: have great jokes together, but like, I'm not going to lie to you on this and everyone's my best friend. Yeah. No, I love it. Understanding what it is. So, so how was it to be thrust into that world then? As said, I, I, I mentioned earlier that you were kind of street cast for American Honey and you're right into this, this mad world. You've touched upon it being a chaotic kind of shoot and, and, and project and not like anyone else makes film. so how was it when you like rapped on that like did it feel like oh this was the one thing i'll ever do like that happened or did it feel like wow like this is me now this is what i want to be doing forever
1: in terms of like acting i still didn't quite understand if i could even really act because it just felt like a recorded summer adventure like they like yeah. it it was a summer camp, but I was so immersed into it. Like we had no choice. Andrew is very much like you immerse yourselves in this world and create this bubble and no one else can penetrate it. You don't look outside basically. Mm. So it's very, I did form huge attachments to everyone on that project. And I didn't know how it's supposed to go. I didn't know that then Andrew's going to go direct other people and not put me in every film she ever made. <laughs> yeah. You know, And I didn't know how to not live out of a suitcase. I didn't know how to not hear the noise of all these kids constantly outside and us in motels together. And it it was like a family. And so it was very strange to come out of it and kind of learn that this isn't normal. This isn't, you know, the most natural way of filming, but I wouldn't even continue filming if the producers of that and Andrea's assistant didn't become my managers. That's how much I was like, absolutely not. I don't trust anyone. Yeah. And they became my managers just because it was like, we think we should keep doing this, but yeah. we get that you don't trust this world. So we'll manage you on the side. And like, that's my team. My team is mostly what I would consider like family and people
0: I very much trust because I'm like,
1: there's too many ins and outs of all this to just like rely on anyone. You know? Well,
0: it seems like you've found a good team because, as said, I really feel you're the the projects that you seem to go for or appear in have a genuine feel, have quite a, a, a real feel. One of my favourite episodes of this podcast was with Desiree Akavan when, when The Miseducation of Cameron Post came out. And just talking to Desiree about the project, about what films mean to her, what she's trying to do with them, again, it felt like it sits in that world of genuineness. Like, like how was that to be part of? Because, again, it was another film that I just watched. And kind of similar to American Honey, I guess, it felt like you were just getting a window into a reality rather than it being this big thing. And obviously, very different films and a very specific story being told. But, yeah, I guess how was that to work on? And how was that, again, it's only... Y- y- probably your third or fourth project at that point. Like, it's still early days for you. Yeah. Yeah. How was that?
1: It was nice. It was It was also one of those things that I got the script and they wanted me to meet Desiree the same day. So I read it on the plane to New York and loved it and then met with her at dinner. And uh, she told me at that point, like, the kind of vibe was because, yeah, I was very untrained and, and so early on she likes that idea of blending that with, you know, more like seasoned actor like Chloe, and because and we wanted to bring that kind of raw vibe still yeah. to this world. I think one of my favorite producers I could say now is, is Michael, and, and that's where I met him on that. I think just, the energy was just really nice. I think we all felt very passionate about what we were doing. Everyone wanted to be there, and uh, that's where I met Boris. I think the enough, that was one of the maybe like healthier, true bonds that I formed in this world that kind of made me feel like I can enjoy this. Maybe I can act on, way. hopefully you can feel really good doing this um, and that maybe there is like an actual proper potential to, to keep going. Yeah, it just like another step, another learning experience, and I, I loved everyone on that. And I think that just knowing that
0: everyone's there for a reason and feeling really appreciative of the work is just, I think, instantly makes it a better experience. Yeah, I love it. It's it's as I said, it's 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 a beautiful f- film with really deep and complex intimacies that were just l- laid out and not over explained. And it kind of it brings us f- f- full circle round to the crowded room because I feel. Your character, in particular, the ease of which your character drifted from how they were in the house to how they were in the house parties to how they were in the club to, you know, with these complex relationships, like intimate and just personal. And it's really something to to watch because kind of, as you touched upon earlier, when you're in the real world, these things aren't over explained and these things clearly have a lot behind them already. So... What's your approach on that with characters that your character is meeting? Do you do a load of or create a load of backstory and things like that? Because again, it felt every every person that your character meets, I felt there was a full, a full story there, even if, if we never get that part of it kind of unraveled.
1: I guess my backstory, I never really create like a physical, like a tangible story story. For, I know mm. a lot of actors who are like, this is where I think they came from, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anything, the max I'll do is like, what's their room look like? You know, if they, like, in conversations, it's, okay, what do we think the parents' house would look like, or whatever, when she was in America versus Ireland, and that kind of situation. But I do maybe more of, um like, a mental background, and mm. kind of focus maybe on, yeah, I don't know. I guess I would say more of a mental thing like why does she need a word like that why does she refuse to make eye contact why does she switch over and and maybe smile more here why is she gonna smile in now and she won't before like that's the kind of stuff that i think i like to to tap in on just details i like details and hopefully you know what i want to do is to be able to get better in general with my performance and be able to bring those details to maybe the entire scene and not just within my body or something. But that's kind of, I guess, just where I come from, what I have been
0: interested in. I love that. It's all about the details. Um, So we've kind of touched upon things like American Honey and then the kind of similarities there with the miseducation of Cameron Post and things like that. But how was it, and also, I touched upon this being a big deal, uh, The Crowded Room being a big deal, because it's t- Tom Holland's first like TV thing since becoming Spider-Man. But you're part of the Marvel y- Universe. And my favourite Marvel series so far has been l- 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 Loki. I think Kate Heron's a genius. I think B- Bisha K. Ali's a genius. How was that to be part of? Because it's such a big machine. Again, it's such a, it's a TV series, but it's a TV series that's tying into like for 13 years worth of films and all sorts of other stuff. How was that to be part of as someone who, again, you've said you've spoken of of self-doubt and things like that. That's a big thing to, to step into.
1: Yeah. I think what helped going into it is because even Kate wanting me for this role and to be a part of Loki was just kind of like, what? Yeah. What do you, like, you want me to be, a, like, I didn't, Yeah, I don't know, you know, I just thought it was the coolest thing. And I was just already kind of like in awe. And then when she was telling me the concept behind it and kind of a little bit more like an underground version of a Marvel series and that Marvel world, I thought that was a really cool way to kind of step into that world because I have more of an interest in that kind of thing, a little bit darker toned. Yeah. So I thought that was a great way to like balance it and then you know you have like all these big names like Owen Wilson and everyone basically but and you 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 do like your table read and like all that but the thing about these kinds of big shows and stuff it's like probably don't work with everyone or see them yeah. and my stuff was very much kind of more intimate I guess like you know we have our fight scenes and the scenes in the rooms and I don't know I just kind of would forget once again, what I'm doing. Especially because I wasn't really that familiar with the Marvel universe in general. Like, you never know how big something is until like, wow. like it's, yeah. These things are huge. But yeah. me being a bit like, I just kind of put my blinders on and just like stay in my zone. But like to be able to do, to even like have a scene with Owen or to you know, you're going to tell me good job after you're like, I'm not that much of a like, I'm okay. Like, I'm okay. Making progress. You know, like I can, you know, being in the same room as these people um, that I've watched, you know, for forever. And, and it's a really nice feeling. It's a little boost, kind of like, don't be so hard on yourself. Dude. Yeah. Just keep going. Just keep going and see where
0: it takes you. Do you feel you learn a lot in that kind of a very different situation? Because like you spoke of, for example, as said in your first film, it was very much you're in this world you're not looking out you're all here together or we've 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 had to blow up a pipeline you're all kind of out there in the in the in the desert together making this thing whereas a thing like a series like Loki it's the opposite of that right as you say you're not in with everyone all the time you are kind of turning up for your days and having to find it and having to get there not 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 like whereas I said on so many indie projects it's you're getting that feeling throughout and you're holding it. You're having to find that and then you'll stop for a bit and you have to come back and find it again. How was that, uh, yeah, as an experience of that style of acting, I guess?
1: Especially because we filmed, like, I think we had to take a break because that's when the pandemic like
0: properly Of course, so yeah.
1: We did, and that was very interesting because especially in the last couple of scenes I had left, it's core soul. It's like you have the first AD with the mask on being like, I'm going to read the lines. Opposite of you, and you're like, okay. Yeah. And wow. you're, you know, sitting at a table in a dirty green screen and everything, but there's no actual background actors that help bring that feeling of the world. Because I already think, you know, working with like the effects and green screens and all that can sometimes be a bit stiff. Like it's not my usual. So it does take me, and I have so much respect for people who can bring this whole world into their minds and, and feel like they're still there, even though no one's around them besides yeah random people i I don't know it's it's definitely harder for me to rely on like actual technique and skill and um i've definitely had to learn that and get better at it just even for like that just in my own spirit it's really exhausting to only try to use your own actual emotions and you know memories and stuff like that so it's a very different style for sure and i think having to find things that work for me like music and just like trusting it and i don't know it's yeah i think to get yourself in a different kind of headspace to be able to i guess deliver the same kind of performance than when you're in the desert and you are cold and you do want to go home and you know like it's just like so much easier to be in those worlds and like you have been hanging out together for 15 days already sharing a pocket of soup
0: yeah, I think you can 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 learn a lot in those kind of uncomfortable situations at points, though. As I said, when you can't rely on... I'm a, again, I'm a big believer in any acting I don't need to do is helpful. So if it's cold, I'd like to be cold. <laughs> and if, if I'm like, that helps, I'd rather be, be focusing on the other bits rather than pretending that. But w- when you have to do that, I guess it's kind of... It can help. Like, I, I was going to ask, I'll, I'll start to wrap things up now, but doing a kind of dramatic... Podcast in Wastelanders, Hawkeye, like with that kind of doing just voiceover audio stuff. That's taking it even further, right? That's going to be more of a challenge, I guess, in a way to go. No, you're not just in a booth. You're <laughs> you're this whole thing. But now we need to get that all across in in your voice. So yeah, like how do you find that? How how does that all work? It's
1: so funny because I've always wanted to do like I love to be in an animation film. I love to be like some little caterpillar or something. Yeah. But so when I got this, I was like, okay, once again, this world that I'm not as familiar with, but is really cool. And also pandemic, and I was in Ireland. So I was in a closet. Amazing. Just sitting in a closet, and you're you're on Zooms and all this, and it is such a different thing of your voice has to tell the entire story. Yeah. Your voice has to do it. So it's not even, yeah, some you know I talk about like layers in our voice and all of that, but also how even just if like I'm, someone's firing a bow and arrow at you and you have to avoid it or you're fighting someone like I have yeah. to let you know that they probably hit me in the am I, You know, or like, I'm really sad because my dad is leaving and it's like, how oh, do you know what this man looks like? Where are we? <laughs> like, yeah. like how do you, it's a different world. And I have so much respect for for people who, like me, voice acting like that to me is like, wow. And I hate my voice, too. So I'm like, how do I put what I want into my voice? You always sound different than how, it, you know? And yeah. it was crazy. I would love to continue to do that. But it is also just like, it's like you're having to read and act at the same time. because You're reading the whole, you know, the world. You're reading the world. So reading yeah, a book and having to do the performance of the character out loud. Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky um, well.
0: I really hope you get to do more of that, but you find that the only way you can do it is in a cupboard. Like that's that's literally now, that's your, <laughs> that's your thing. M- maybe a cupboard in Ireland. Maybe that, but I can't go into a studio. I need to be hidden away in a cupboard.
2: Yeah.
0: I did a similar, again, during the pandemic, I did my first kind of voice thing and I've got a st- st- stutter always on cue. And when I'm acting, I can get it under control. It's fine. But doing it as just voice, it was the most exhausting days I've ever had. Like, we would, again, it was over Zoom and I was getting it under control, but I was finding, I was finishing each like two hour session or whatever. And I was like, I'm exhausted. And it was because of that, it was that kind of, and as you were saying, you're having to put so much into your voice, you're having to get this across and that across. I was thinking, oh, this will be easy. I'll do a couple of hours each day, easy gig in the pandemic. It's like, man. It wiped me out. But I love stuff like that. I love learning what you might think will be, oh, this will be a one thing and then it's not.
1: Yeah, because even it's different than like, I'm so good at ADR. ADR, especially like I have like, you know, I usually get like when I was in Georgia, like I had the bag and they're were, like, we're going to bang this and I can bang it out. I know how to match perfectly. I know love I can it. get that emotion because I'm already seeing it. That is so easy, but just fresh. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different role and it is exhausting
0: in general just it's so a whole different um side of talents there yeah it really is well i'm i'm, I'm not going to take up any more of your time to to wrap things up i just want to kind of ask what's ahead like house building aside what have you got ahead or what's your what do you hope is ahead i guess
1: i actually i think i'm in a good place of being really down and kind of excited to do things completely different than what I've done before in terms of like roles and characters and whatever so I'm just I don't know I just want whatever comes my way even if I'm scared I just want to like jump and just do it and just try different things have a little fun with it yeah I want to just do do some randomness who knows who knows which are kind of like usually that's it can be terrifying like who knows but I think I'm in a place where I'm like I go find
0: some handiness. Hopefully need some more voice work. I love it. I love it. Well that sounds like a good place to be in. And I appreciate you taking the time today.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: Been
2: listening to Scroobius Pip's distraction pieces.
0: There we go. That was Sasha Lane. I hope you enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the bit where we got into talking about kind of voice acting at the end. There, it was a, a real little moment. You, it might not have picked up on mic, but it was a moment on screen where both of us were kind of leaning in and discussing the weird intricacies of it. But yeah, I highly recommend the the crowded room on Apple TV, and I recommend. How to Blow Up a Pipeline on Netflix. Get involved. Enjoy. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. I'll be back next week with more wonderful chat and natter. Until then, stay safe and stay sane. ta